All right, somebody tell me, what time do you get up for school in the morning? Yes. Six? Eight o'clock? Six what? Six fifty? Five forty-five? That sounds like an athletic sucker. Uh, what? Six? What time? Seven forty-five to drive from Crane. You get up at seven forty-five. All right. Eight forty-five to be at school for a nine o'clock class. Oh, his mom's class is first period, so whatever. So I was gonna say I know Canada has that same class, and yeah. Um, all right, so. Some of y'all have seen me in the morning, especially like at camp, and y'all know I can be pretty chipper and annoying in the morning. I know that. Like the guys, and the guys who have been in my dorm, I only blew Reveille one time. It was one day, one year, three years ago, and people are still talking about it, so I guess that means it was worth it. But, uh, um, so, <laughs> but I do tend to come off as a morning person. Now, here is the thing. I'm not really that much of a morning person. The only reason I can be like that is because I get up earlier than, than people are going to see me. So, for example, if I know I have to be somewhere at, at, at 8 o'clock, okay, like tomorrow morning, I'm subbing at Bonham. I'll get to, yeah, I'm subbing for Ashton and Hope, uh, Miss Owen's class. So tomorrow I'll plan on getting there around 8 o'clock. That means I need to leave the house about 745 I will get up about 6.45. Now you say, does it really take you an hour to get ready? No, it does not take me an hour to get ready. But I take my time getting ready. I, I get ready slowly on purpose because that allows my brain a whole hour and 15 minutes to wake up before I have to see humanity, right? Whereas if I got up at... If I got up at 7, you know, 30 to be at set to, to leave at 7.45, which I could do if I hurried, then I would have only been awake for a half hour when I had to see people. And it would have been a rushed half hour. You know how when you're rushed in the morning, you're all frazzled, you're like even less friendly, right? Like you're, so, so, right, that's what I mean, that's even worse. So, so I get up a little earlier, I go to bed a little earlier, and I get up a little earlier so that by the time everybody actually has to deal with me, I've had a full hour and change to wake myself up. Okay, so, yes, sir. Yes, I did. When I taught high school, that was the same way. I, had, I got to school at 7, about 7 o'clock, because school started at 7.30. Um, school started at 7.30 at, in, in Hillsborough County, and so I got to school at 7 o'clock, which meant I was up about 5.45 or 6 to be, to be at school at 7, and then the kids would show up, and they'd be mad at me because I'd be in a good mood, and they all had woken up at 7.15 for a 7.30 class, and, you know, I'd be like, morning, everybody, and they're, yeah, so, so they hated me, and I hated them, too, because they were all jerky in the morning, and so, uh, so that's the way life works there. But, but, but here's the point. I get up early. I intentionally get up early so that I have this ability to be friendly and, and personable by the time I have to actually deal with people. Now, you're like, Tony, what does this have to do with anything at all? I'm getting there, I promise. That, that choice to get up early, okay, that is a very small example of, of a discipline, okay? That's a, that, of, of discipline. And I'm not the most disciplined guy in the world. I really should get up early and go to the gym every day, and I don't do that. I go sometimes, but I have not been good about that, especially lately. So I'm not the most disciplined, but getting up early enough so that when people see me, I'm already woken up is one example of discipline. Now, what is discipline? Y'all know I like to define things, and I haven't done a definition in a while that I can remember. So we're going to define the word discipline. The first definition of discipline is training to act in accordance with rules or drill, okay? So that, 
There it goes. Okay. Training to act in accordance with rules or drills. So that is what we think of when we think of discipline for the military. Like we're in this basic training series. We're talking about military. And so that's what we think of, like drills and, you know, military, very strict rules. One of the other definitions is an activity, an exercise, or a regimen that develops or improves a skill or, again, training. So that one is kind of more like what I was talking about. Like it's an activity or a regimen. My get-up-early regimen, you know, that, that, that's a regimen that I do so that people can like me. Uh, so, so somebody tell me when we think of military discipline, what is, what is a military discipline? Give me some examples. Push-ups, yeah? Okay, you got to train, you got to PT, Yes. Getting yelled at is discipline. Now, I'm not talking about like punishment discipline so much as, as like, oh, that's true. They do yell at them all the time. Yeah. Okay, that's true. Yeah. Okay, what else? What's another way that they, sh- they exercise or practice discipline? They get up really early, right? They get up at the crack of dawn and running. They do a lot of running. I heard a couple people say running. They don't eat very much. but Not sp- Okay, yeah, speaking only when it's your turn. Yeah, making their beds really good, right? Like you can tell I wasn't in the military because my bed hadn't been made in like six months. And so like, I never made, I, I, and that's not true. It hadn't been six months, but it's been, it hasn't been a year. I, yeah, I make it when I change the sheets, and it's been, it hasn't been six months since I changed the sheets. Don't, no, that would be gross, I know. It hasn't been six months since I, but, but I only make it when I change the sheets. Otherwise, it's just there, right? So I don't have that particular brand of military discipline. But, yes, you know, they talk about that. She doesn't believe me that it's been six months since I, she thinks She thinks it has been six months. It's been more recently than that. Um, so, so. Those are some good examples of military discipline. A synonym for discipline is self-control, okay? So the Bible doesn't talk about discipline so much, but it does talk about self-control a lot, and those words are synonymous. If you go on thesaurus.com and type in discipline, uh, control does come up. So we're going to take that as, a, as an example. Now, Proverbs 25:28 is our first scripture to, for tonight, and it talks about this. It says, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Now, what do the walls of a city do? We don't have walls on our cities anymore, but in biblical times, what did the walls do? They protect the city. Yeah, they protect the city from people coming in. So if discipline, a person without discipline is like, is like a city with broken down walls, that means that a person without discipline is not protected, okay? We're not protected because discipline does help us, help to protect us from things, all right? Um, Mike Holt, who's a speaker at Camp 2, he said this. He said, it is impossible to be a disciple of Jesus without having discipline in your life. It's impossible to be a disciple of Jesus without having discipline in your life. And I didn't even plan it this way, but if you look up there, you notice the words disciple and discipline are right next to each other, and they look awfully similar to one another because they obviously come from the same root word. Like to be a disciple is to have discipline. They come from the same word, and and they obviously are, 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 they go together, okay? And so we have to have discipline in our life. Now, is this saying everybody needs to be military disciplined in their, in their day-to-day walk, in their day-to-day walk? No, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. But we do have to have certain disciplines in our life. And, and I would say people who are never, ever on time, that's one of my pet peeves, okay? That's one of my discipline pet peeves. People who are never, ever on time, you know, that, to me, that's a lack of discipline, you know, Todd always jokes that, 
that for, for every kid you have, you get to be 10 minutes extra late for church. And I'm like, no, that means for every kid you have, you better get up 10 minutes earlier. That's how my brain works is that you gotta, you got to prepare for that. And, you know, that's just how I was raised. My dad's never been late to anything in his life, and uh, I am rarely late to things, and when I am, I hate it. So, uh, you know, that's, th- huh? Yeah, I know, I, I know. I'm that dude who, like, if they're like, okay, we're all going to get together at dinner at 7 o'clock. I'm there at, like, 6.50, like, where is everybody? Like, I'm the only one here. I'm the dude who has to say, I'm always the one saving the table. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I, that's how my, that's how my clock works. And, uh, and so some of y'all who are on the worship team have gotten that on Sunday mornings. I remember Candy, one of the, early when I got here, I hadn't been here very long. It was right at nine o'clock and I texted Candy. I'm like, where are you at? And she's like, it's not even 10 after yet. I'm not late. And I'm like, twitching. Like, that's just, my brain doesn't work like that at all. It just, it, it, it does. It, she did. She, it, that's, that's a true story. But uh, so, so being on time is a discipline. And, you know, there's all kind of daily disciplines in our lives. I talked about working out. And there is scripture about maintaining the body and that kind of thing. And the discipline of the foods we eat. And just, and again, it's not about being some military strict. You can never have fun. There's never any variance or anything like that. But it is about, you know, discipline in our lives is a good thing, okay? Now, there are three main spiritual disciplines that we talk about in the church, okay? Anybody want to take a guess what the three main spiritual disciplines are? Oh, you all are reading the, the I, for, I always forget that I put it on there. I forget that I, okay, hang on, we'll get to, we'll get to the, we'll get to the quotes in, in a little bit here. I always forget I put the answers to these questions on the you version, so you guys who are following along already know it. Fasting is one of the, uh, one of the spiritual disciplines. The other two are not on there. Anybody want to take a guess what the other two are? Prayer, That's, that is one of them, yes. Worshiping is not one, what'd you say? Reading the Bible is correct. So, so time in the Word, prayer, and fasting are three of the main spiritual disciplines. Um, everything else kind of falls under one of those umbrellas, you know what I mean? Now, we're not going to talk too much about re- being in the Word tonight. Um, next week, we're going to talk a lot about prayer. But tonight, we're going to talk about fasting. How many here, Has anybody here ever done a fast of any kind? Okay. Some of, a bunch of you guys have. That's awesome. I have. Um, so, ver- so very quickly... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over, just so in case you don't know or you forgot or whatever, kind of what fasting is and some basic things about it. Somebody tell me what is fasting. Just, yes. Taking time off of something you do often. Yes, I'll, I'll give you that as a general definition. Yes. Take a meal out and spend time with the Word, yeah. It's not always a meal. TV something, yeah, that kind of goes with what she was saying about, yes, giving something up for a while. What's Okay, yes, I, I'll give you all of that. Um, fasting in its truest, purest biblical definition is voluntarily abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose. Now, um, a lot of times we'll fast something other than food. We'll fast TV or Video games or Facebook or Twitter or whatever, you know, those kind of things. But in the truest biblical sense, it's actually giving up food. Have any of you guys ever done an actual food fast? A couple of you guys have. Okay, so most of y'all have given up other things, which is fine. I don't want to knock it. I just wanted to, just curious. So, yeah, um, like I said, the most biblical definition includes food, but really it's anything that, yeah, I think it can work with anything uh, just to get your your folks back on, on God. Now, 
uh, Tate mentioned the length of it. He said a meal. You give a meal. Sometimes it's as simple as that. Um, other guy, you know, other people have gone a lot further. You can do one day. A lot of the common lengths: one day, three day, week long, twenty one day, forty day fasts. Um, I actually met Micah when he was in the middle of a forty day fast, uh, and I, and uh, and so he and I think he and Nate Tyler were both doing that one. I remember. He was in the middle of a 40-day fast, and he had lost a bunch of weight, and he bought a couple of suits. And then as soon as the fast ended, he started eating again. He put all the weight back on. He's never worn those suits. I don't think ever. That was like six years ago now. And I really don't think he's ever worn the suits because that was probably the smallest he's been in six years. So, so yeah. But, you know, the, the, there's a variety of length from one meal to 30, 40 days. It's about the longest I think I've ever heard. Um, they're both individual fasts, which is where just you do it. And there's corporate fasts where a leader or a pastor might call a whole church or a whole group to do a fast. Um, several presidents have called nationwide fasts. Abraham Lincoln did it three times. James Buchanan did it. Samuel Adams did it. John Adams and the Continental Congress before we even had a president all called nation, the nation to fast in preparation um, for, you know, big decisions coming up or whatever. Now, why fast? Why, why do we fast? Like, okay, there's the what. Let's talk about why. Last week, what was one of the reasons we talked about um, why we should get baptized. Because Jesus expected to, and Jesus what? Jesus did. Jesus set the example, right? So the same thing here. Uh, Jesus expects us to fast, Matthew 9, 14, and 15. Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken for them. Then they will fast. So he's like, why would they fast? I'm still here. We're not, you know, they don't have to focus on me by getting rid of food. I'm here, like literally right here. So they didn't have to fast. But he said, when I leave, he was, you know, at that time he's prophesying the future already. When I return to heaven, then my disciples will fast. And he didn't say then they might. He said then they will fast, okay? There's all kinds of great men, men, beep, 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 men and women of God who have fasted. Jesus himself fasted for 40 days right at the beginning of his ministry. Matthew 4, 2 says, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, which kind of is like the most obvious verse in the Bible. Like, he hadn't eaten for 40 days or nights, and he was hungry. Well, yes, thank you for that brilliant piece of insight into the mind and body of Jesus. Like, yes, obviously he, he was very hungry at that point. Um, so Jesus fasted, and, uh, and like I said, we did talk about how last week how we, we follow his example in baptism. We can also follow his example in fasting, okay? You don't have to wander into the desert for 40 days to fast, okay? Um, if God leads you to do that, then go for it. But, uh, but that's obviously pretty extreme, and uh, you should definitely not start with, uh, with a 40-day fast. Um, and Chris Murdoch did say, I'm, I'm, of course, you guys all know Chris. Anybody who's been to camp knows Chris. He's the tall guy. He said... He and I were talking about this, actually. He just told me this a few weeks ago. He and I were talking about fasting, and he said, my greatest breakthrough spiritually have always included fasting and prayer. You hear preachers and, and ministers talk a lot about when they're deciding what church, what, what ministry position to take, if they're in between positions, or when they're making a big life decision about, about their ministry, they, they always fast and pray. They always fast and pray because that's when you're the closest to God. You know, uh, fasting humbles you because you're putting aside your own desires and, and focusing on God, which is why it's so effective in your prayer life because it's like, okay, I'm going to put, you know, I'm hungry. Man, I'm hungry. But you know what? I'm going to focus on God instead of that food. And it's, it's a humbling experience. It's also 
the, one of the best ways, if not the single best way, to get close to God and to really connect with him, even more than just your regular prayer, prayer life and prayer walk. Um, and that's what fasting is all about. Fasting is not about starving. The whole point of fasting is not to be hungry. The point of fasting is prayer and communication with God. Okay, you notice, you know, if you know the story, right after Jesus came out of his fast, uh, the devil tempted him. Okay, when he was physically weak, but he was spiritually strong, and he was able to, he was able to quote the Old Testament to, to the devil to turn the devil's temptations away. Um, and so, Because that's the whole point is fasting is about getting closer to God and furthering your relationship with Jesus. Our motives matter when it comes to fasting, okay? We don't fast so that people think we're super spiritual. Okay, I didn't ask you guys who had done a fast so that I could know who was good and who was bad. That was not it at all, okay? Because some of you guys are maybe, this is the first time ever even hearing, hearing about it. And so that's fine. This is not about that. Because motives are not about what people can think we can do. Okay, Matthew 6, 16 through 18. This is the words of Jesus again. When you fast, notice he doesn't say if you fast. He says when you fast, so he's assuming you are going to fast in some way. Do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. And truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. What does he mean when he says they disfigure their faces? Yes. What did she say? Somebody translate. Yeah, what does it mean? What were you saying, Draven? They don't make happy faces. What, they scowl? Oh, okay. Yeah, so, right, you know, they look miserable all the time. Anybody know anybody who just always looks sad and miserable, right? Like, and, and, and they do that because they want the attention, you know? It's like, so, so he's talking about these hypocrites who they're fasting, and, they, ha- and they, they have a bad attitude, and they're somber, and their faces are always downcast because they want people to go, hey, what's wrong? And they want the attention for the fasting. Jesus says, don't do that. Uh, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. In other words, take a shower. Uh, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So he's saying, listen, don't let everybody know you're fasting by being miserable. Right? He's saying, clean up, keep a good disposition, because fasting is about the communication between you and God. And God knows it's not about the public thing. And it's not about lying. It's not about, you know, trying like you're keeping some big terrible secret, but it's not about seeking the attention. Okay. And I had that just a couple weeks ago. Oh man, it was the worst. I was, I was fasting one day and I hadn't eaten all day. I was doing a one day fast, not that long ago. And, uh, the Floreses and the Lopezes were here. It's a Thursday night. I don't know why they were here that Thursday night. They were doing something here and I was here and they're all getting ready to leave. And they're like, Hey, we're going to rock and cute. Do you want to come? And I was like, Yes, I do want to come, but I can't come right now. And I, and as I, I just told them I'm going to take a rain check. I want to come somewhere. You know, I didn't announce it to them. Like, yeah, I'm fasting. I can't go to Rock and Cube because I really wanted Rock and Cube. And in the math, I'm going, you know, I had dinner last night this time. It's been 24 hours. Like, <laughs> I was trying to justify it in my head, but I knew, you know, God was like, no, you, you know, you're still doing it. So, so I didn't go with them. But that was the, but, you know, it wasn't some big Hey, let everybody know. It was just like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch you guys next time. And that's all it has to be. You know, if you're doing a lunch fast and your friends ask you out to lunch, it can be just as simple as, you know what, I'll take a rain check. I'll catch you all tomorrow. I got something I got to do. You know, it doesn't have to be some big, hairy, uh, big, hairy production that you make whenever you, uh, whenever you do a fast. Now, here's another big point about fasting. And this one is, this is hard for me, but I had to learn it eventually. Is that there is never a convenient time to fast, especially when it comes to food fasting. 
okay? We can always find a reason why we absolutely cannot do a food fast that day. We can, right? And I've been there, you know, like, you know what? I can't do it. We got we to gotta, we gotta do some hard work. At the, you know, I know I'm going to be doing, doing some manual labor at work that day. I get, you know, and there's always a reason. It's always, but but uh, at some point, we just have to make the choice to say, you know what? I'm going to do it. It might mean you have to adjust something else in your routine. You know, if you're an exerciser, that might be your, your rest day from working out, okay? Because you don't, you know, I mean, exercising on an empty stomach is not a great idea. So that might be the kind of thing you fast one day. You might not exercise the next morning. That might be your day off from your, uh, you know, a rest day for your body too. But, but we can always make that choice. And you, need to, and you have to decide ahead of time, especially with a food fast, exactly what kind of fast and how long you're going to do, okay? Um, you know, when you get hungry, you, you, your, your mind starts to justify things. Like I was talking about, yeah, you'd be like, I'm just going to fast until I feel like God releases me. And then at lunchtime, the first day, you're like, all right, God, that was good. I'm glad we had that talk at breakfast this morning. You know, and that's it. You're done. You, you know, you, you got to decide ahead of time. Like, okay, you know, I'm like, like I was just talking about, you know, I knew I said, you know, I'm fasting this particular Thursday. And as much as I wanted to go to Rock and Q, and I could have justified it, but I knew that I had set this, you know, this, this, this decision in my mind not to do it. And so, so I, you know, I was able to stick to that. But if I had just said, I'm going to try and fast on Thursdays, then I would have absolutely given up that night and been like, yeah, I'll, I'll see you all there, you know. But, but I, had to, <laughs> I had to make that decision ahead of time. And so I was able to do that by the grace of God. So we've got Time in the Word, prayer, like I said, we're going to get to that specifically next week, and, and fasting, our three big spiritual disciplines. So the question becomes, how do we commit to these? Like, how do you make these things happen? How do, how do you make these things happen? Okay. Say what? Set a goal for fasting. Yeah, like, that's true, like I just talked about. For fasting especially, yeah, you set a goal. That also works for Bible reading, you know. I'm going to read through the book of John this month, or I'm going to read through the New Testament this month, or whatever it may be, you know. Um, and version Bible app super helpful for that. Okay, there's those kind of things, yes. Um, and, but even that, even setting a goal can be boiled down to something even more simple, and that is simply making choices, okay. Everything, every discipline comes down to making a choice, you know. Am I going to get up early, or am I going to sleep till the last possible minute? Am I going to Make my bed tomorrow? Am I not going to make my bed tomorrow? That seems like a little thing, but, you know, am I going to go to the gym or am I going to find a way to justify not going to the gym? Am I going to eat that bag of Oreos or am I going to, you know, I mean, every piece of thing in our life, okay? And those last two hit me real hard. Uh, those, are, those are super convicting because uh, I haven't been to the gym yet this week. And, uh, and I ate Oreos both nights the last two nights. So, so and there's a there's a row waiting for me when I get home tonight. So there's a, there's a better, those things are super, say what? That's right, while I watch once upon a time. Uh, so, so we can talk about that later. So while I, uh, yeah, but those come down to choices. Okay, that comes down to choices. And do I want to watch another episode on Netflix or do I want to go to bed so I can get up in the morning? Like that's another choice, right? Like see that? See, that's, a, that's another one that's really big. Like, okay, if I say I'm going to get up at 6.45 and go to the gym in the morning, or, or you know, or am I going to stay up till 12.30 watching that extra? Because I know if I stay up till 12.30, I'm not going to up at 6.45 to go to the gym. It's just not going to happen. Okay, so that's the, those are choices. These are choices we have to make. Okay, uh, 
And so, because so often we think, okay, you know what? You know, especially come, and I know it's been a couple months now since camp. It's been about three months since we, since we, most of us went to camp. And you know, we come off with that emotional high from camp. We think, yes, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to give this thing up, or I'm going to do whatever it may be this year. But that emotion begins to fade, right? Because emotion, Perry Noble said this: emotion will not sustain your devotion. Okay, emotion does not sustain devotion. What does sustain devotion is choices. Devo- you know, devotion by its very nature is making choices to choose something. I thought, yeah, I was going to say, I thought I had that up there. So emotion does not sustain our devotion. We cannot rely on that camp high to last through the whole school year. It just doesn't happen. And we've, we've had that discussion a bunch of times. And since we got back to camp, I, kept, I keep referencing that on purpose um, because we can't just do that. We can't just think, oh, you know, remember back to camp? Yeah, that was fun. You know, but th- we have to make choices each and every day to have spiritual discipline. We have to choose to be devoted. So the question then becomes, what spiritual discipline do you need to choose? Or is, is God trying to develop in you? It might be time in the Word. Okay, it might be time in the Word. It might be more prayer time or any prayer time. I don't know. Some of y'all maybe haven't read your Bible since camp other than being here. Some of y'all maybe have, haven't spent personal time in prayer since camp. And, and those are disciplines we have to develop and say, you know what, okay, I'm going to intentionally take the time to do this. And so we have to, uh, what spiritual discipline do you need to develop? Okay, that's question number one. Now, question number two is what choices do I need to make to develop that? Like I said, it might be you need to get up 10 minutes earlier so you can read the Bible first thing in the morning. And if that's the case, you may need to go to bed 10 minutes earlier. Okay, and I know with homework and extracurriculars, and I know that can be hard, but, but again, these are choices we have the opportunity to make. We have to make choices to be devoted. So if you bow your head and close your eyes, I'm going to pray for you guys. And... I want you to ask that question of the Holy Spirit. What spiritual discipline do I need to to develop and what choices do I need to make to get there? Because there's not some magic spell. There's not some, you know, some magic formula that I can throw over you or say over you. It's it's, It's about choice, about setting the alarm. Heavenly Father, I pray, God, for each student in here. Lord, you know you're dealing with their hearts even now. God, about just spiritual discipline in their walk with you. Some of them have had strong times and weak times, and we all go through that. But, Lord, you know and they know what they need to do to develop a stronger walk with you and a stronger devotion to you. And so I pray, God, that you would reveal that to them. God, that you would put something in their minds that they can do or something specific that they can work on, Lord, that they can come back with a tangible a tangible difference, not so that we can say, look how good we are, but so that their walk with you will get closer. God, there's some students in here, I believe you're calling to a time of fasting and prayer. God, over the youth group and over, over this school year that's, that's, that's coming or has, has come. And, and God, I just I pray that you're calling some students to that. And Lord, I pray that you would make that call clear. Lord, and that they would make the right choices to do that. God, we know that you have called us to a higher standard than that of the world. You have called us to a deeper walk with you than we had yesterday and a deeper walk yesterday than the day before. And and you have called us to that. We know that the word holy means set apart. And you've called us to be set apart. So I pray that you would give us the strength to make those choices to be set apart. 
God, we, and we're relying on you, God. It's not something that our strength can get us through because every time I re- try and rely on my strength, I fail. God, but through our choices and your strength, Lord, we know that nothing is impossible, God. And you have told us that all things are possible through those who, who get their strength from you. And so tonight we claim that, Lord. A fast may seem impossible. A whole day fast may seem impossible. But, God, you are going to give people strength to do that. God, I pray that you would call us to something deeper. God, you have called us. I pray that we would go to that something deeper, Lord, and that you would give us the strength to do that, that we would make the right choices to do that, Heavenly Father. God, I just pray for, uh, God, just for every physical need that's here, Lord, for parents and, and friends who need uh, healing and who need salvation, Lord, and for students who need healing, Heavenly Father. God, we just pray your blessing and we pray your anointing on their bodies, God, and on their walks and on their lives. God, I pray that as they go, they would be an example to everyone around them, Lord, of how a walk with you can be so full of joy. God, and that you would just use them in that way to show your love to those around them, God. God, we thank you, we love you, and we know you're going to continue to work through this group and, and work in this group, God. And we thank you for it in advance, God. It's in your name we pray.